You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast. We're flying on a low crew tonight, and that's okay. We just watched a Greece versus Belgium game. I'm joined here by special guest Demo George, who is, our, of course, our writer for the Greek national team on our website and a big follower of the national team. We are live tonight at 11 o'clock Central European time. Uh, post this Greece game. So we're really going to get into the game. But first, as always, the housekeeping part of the episode. So as you guys know, Adi's been organizing this summer schedule and it's going to be announced real soon, guys. Um, we're going to be giving dates away for this greeksoccer.com slash Olympiakos World Roundtable we're going to be doing. There's going to be another episode of Boozing with the Boys and much more. And again, thank you to our sponsor, Pereus International. Pereus International, as you guys know, has been shipping to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to and, Greece, to and from Greece are going out from Baltimore, Maryland every month. Fill any large U-Haul box 18 by 18 by 24 and send it out to our friends in Baltimore and it'll be shipped to the port of Pereus for only 50 USD. Better yet, fill any wardrobe box and send it for $100. Give them a call at... 410-675-4696 or send them an email to sales at Pireos International. And it's a bit of a skeleton crew tonight, guys. We know it is currently uh, entering the summertime, warm night here in Geneva, I should say, and also just final season as well. I, I know a lot of our younger fans are studying for their exams. Good luck with that. People working, getting into the summer of that Good luck with all of that, guys. I'm also going through the same thing. So regarding news, there's been quite a lot of news I wanted to go over before getting into this national team um, conundrum situation. So as you all know, Tequino Suarez has officially signed on a three-year deal for Olympiacos. He was presented earlier this week, flew into Athens Sunday night, presented to the club Monday. He supposedly flew back to Portugal to pack his things and moved to Athens. He will begin training and getting ready for the season before the other players arrive back on June 15th, which is just 12 days away. The new season is amongst us. So it looks like he's going to be a top player. We actually spoke uh, with Portuguese journalist Luis, who you guys know, he's been on the podcast before. And he told us that Tiquinho Suarez is very good in the air, good at heading the ball, but one area that he lacks is with his feet. So Sounds a bit like Hassan. He can supposedly mess up a few easy chances. We're going to get to know that real soon. I'm interested to see Tequino, what number he takes, and how he will play. Now, you guys have been seeing it. We've all been seeing it. The newspapers have been blowing up with names about a winger. Wingers have been everywhere. I know you guys have been seeing these news stories every morning. It seems like we have a new name. I saw today we have uh, Servi from Benfica. Reese Nelson of Arsenal was linked earlier the week. 
George Kevin Inkudu has been linked every single day. Uh, this guy from Besiktas as well, Le Gazal, the Algerian international who currently plays for Leicester but played in Besiktas last year, is also heavily linked. And the usual suspect, Sofyan Feigouli, has been linked as well. It's just, it, it's a ton of names that we've heard before. We'll see where it goes. Gary Rodriguez, surprisingly not linked. We'll see if he his name comes up in the summer. A lot of Turkish names have been coming up, guys. It's it's a bit strange. I think the club sees Turkey as a good place to get a winger. I I don't know if I agree. An interesting name that has come up is the Senegalese international, or maybe youth international, Alassane Endau of a Turkish club called Karam Yurmurk. So this name is really hot, guys, and I would say this is the most likely, the most likely of all the names: Reese Nelson and Kudu. Blah 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 blah. Karo Yamork looks really promising. Supposedly the club put an official offer of 2.5 million euros on the table of a Turkish of the Turkish club and is moving forward with the signing. Supposedly they're about 750 euros a thousand euros apart. Wouldn't be surprised about this. But to to kind of explain this whole winger situation that's going down, the club is really looking for two wingers. So at the moment they're looking at someone young like Endau, you know. To, to come in and kind of take the Lazar Angelovic role, it's increasingly likely that Lazar will not be featuring for the club this next season. He's gonna be, he's gonna be, uh, <laughs> he's gonna be uh, moving on to. I, I see this comment. Just talk about Greece. Give, give me a second. I gotta wrap up the transfer rumors. We are live, of course. If you're listening on podcast, anyway. So. The club is looking to get rid of Lazar for a loan. Aris look likely. Who knows about it? Um. Another news is like this Olympiacos B project has been developing. Supposedly, we may keep Nikola Chumich, who you guys all know well by this point. Um, he may be staying and playing for the club, but also be going to Olympiacos B and playing in the second division. We're going to have to see about that, guys. I'm not sure on the situation. The movement on the B teams is, is a bit complicated. So, in total, the club wants uh, one winger to come in right before the qualifiers, before training. So, Expect the deal to be done actually in the next two weeks before the club goes off to Austria. So it, 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 it's interesting. We're, we're going to see what, what happens, but expect a deal in the next two weeks. And it could be this guy, Endow of Karamirok. And they, later in the summer, expect a deal of one of these more established names like Gazal, Reese Nelson, blah, 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 Feguli, whatever. And other than that, it's really been the wingers, guys. I, I don't have much more for you other than. With Tequino coming in, we're now hearing word that uh, that Hassan will be will, could be leaving. Supposedly, Besiktas is looking at Hassan for six to seven million euros. You never know with this stuff. Like I don't know, I don't know whether the club wants to keep Hassan, get rid of Hassan. Not incredibly clear to me. One last point: we have a comment here from uh, Nikos. I want to say uh, from Twitter, send Fortunis to West Ham. There are rumors about Fortunis leaving, so supposedly. Besiktas with this kid and Kudu wants to throw in uh, 3 million euros plus and Kudu for Fortunis. We don't know about that, honestly. The Fortunis rumors are um, everywhere these days and he's not playing for the national team. He's at home, supposedly dealing with some family things. Good off for him. So anyway, that's really the transfers we have. Like We're going to get into more this weekend. I know uh, Costa, Adi, and Peter have been really closely following the stuff and of course i have my transfer blog i wrote once a week 
swamped with exams this this week so it's been a little late so expect that maybe this weekend maybe tomorrow to come out we'll see um and yeah so i guess i'll just lay it on the floor here demo we had the greek national team play tonight we saw a 4-2-3-1 with thanasis andrusos getting his second appearance for the greek national team this first time at right back we saw kostas chimikas return at left back dimitris anulis return at left midfield a midfield of Galanopoulos, Buhalakis, and the usual suspects in the back of Kiriakos, Papadopoulos, and Savelas, and Vlahodimos. And of course, captain star Bacasetas, led by the line Pavlidis, and Olympiakos favorite, Yorgos Masuas. What did you think about the game? What did you think about the lineup when it first came out, Timo? Um, we'll get into the game later, I guess, but... The lineup I thought was interesting. Of course, we have our spine of Tzavelas, Papadopoulos, and Bacasetas, which, I, I mean, moving on. Uh, <laughs> but glad to see Timikas. I thought seeing him alongside Yanulis was pretty interesting because both of them can get forward pretty well. We know Yanulis, he looks good going forward, but he has been a little suspect defensively like that's kind of probably the biggest critique of his game so i thought seeing that that was pretty interesting i was very excited to see andrutos and masuras line up on the right i figured there'd be some pretty good chemistry there andrutos has been lights out in the super league playing great at right back so i thought he a well-earned cap um and then Pavlidis, Yakumakis isn't there so Pavlidis had that wonder goal in the dutch league he's looked pretty good He's been serviceable when he's when he's played for the FMIKI. Why not give him another look, see what's going on? Um, and then the game started. I missed the first, like, five minutes or so. Uh, I was still wrapping up work. But there's a couple of, I don't know, there were a couple of, it, it was pretty, it was, it was solid. We weren't, we didn't look like we were getting just pummeled like we were in the Spain game. We kind of kept them in front of us. Obviously it was Belgium's B team. It wasn't their it wasn't all their starters. They had Lukaku and Doku who's not a starter yet, but oh my God, that guy's lights out. Um I love Munier. I've just always had a thing for him. He's I love the way he plays. Um they had Alderweireld. Mignolet was in for Courtois and then they ran with a back three. And yeah, like I said, the first half was pretty good. And we can go into more detail. Did you end up watching the game? Uh, I did watch the game. Um, I submitted a final paper today, so I was like, screw it, I'm going to take the night off and watch the game. So nice. Uh, I turned the game on. I opened an alcoholic beverage and sat back and watched. And first things first, um, I know a lot of you have been clamoring for the Yanulis Chimikas left side, and I didn't enjoy it tonight, to be honest with you. It just seemed like neither of them felt natural playing together. So I don't know what the future of that is moving forward. I don't know if we do see that moving forward. It just seemed a bit off. And one note that stuck out to me was just um, Pavlidis doesn't do it for me. I, I know he's been scoring these goals in the Netherlands, and he's been playing great, but... He hasn't been doing it on the national team level, and tonight I just didn't see him. I, I, I don't know what the future is for him in 
the the national team, I don't know. Obviously, the the coaching staff rates him and wants him to stay there, but I he just doesn't do much for me to be honest. Um, I want to say Jorgos Masuras was probably my man of the match. He played fantastic today. Thanasis Andrus just played well. Andres Bukhalax played well. The Olympiacos contingent showed up really strong tonight. Yep. Um, really happy for them. And overall, it, it was an interesting game because the team didn't look too bad. You know, they, they played fine. I don't know if it was a friendly type atmosphere. And that led to it being a bit easier. But it, it didn't seem bad. And I think Adi always hits on this. But Galanopoulos at the second central midfield position next to Boalak really helped out. Loved it. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it, it wasn't bad. I... I I, I, I thought it was a fine midfield. Corbellis, who knows what's happening with him. I don't know if he's moving on in the summer. He didn't play the second half of the season. Um, we're going to have to see. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting game, but it's really hard to take these games to heart because I just don't know what will translate uh, really moving forward, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's been the problem in the past is we see him do these kind of experiments, which have been interesting. Like Yanulis Timikas was was a new thing we've never seen that before. I didn't think so much it was a problem with them because they kind of had some good overlapping moves going forward together, and it was the idea is it was nice because both of them are technically wingbacks, so they both kind of have the instinct to an extent to drop back. I think their biggest problem tonight wasn't so much their chemistry; it was Indoku. That guy's an animal. Oh my god! Like. He was, we've seen Simikas take guys like Adma Traore, uh, big names in Europe, just uh, Arsenal, wingers from Arsenal and just like Nicolas Pepe and just hang with them and handle them. But this 19-year-old from Rennes, oh my God. Like, I thought he was making Simikas look bad. And I was like, oh God, like, is Simikas going to like have a chance at the starting spot? But then you'd see Yanulis match up with him and, I don't think there was. I don't think Yanulis even got a foot in on Indoku. I think he blew past him every single time. Uh, so that guy was, whew, he was incredible. So I think, I don't think this um, particular matchup is the end of this experiment, or at least I don't think it needs to be. I think it was more so, okay, if you've got this lights out youngster who's uh, an explosive gem doesn't really matter who you throw on there you're gonna have yeah. a rough time yeah I, I honestly and yeah Nulis was blown by him as well quite a few times I, it, it, I i don't know i i i don't know what the deal was there and chimikas hasn't played all season what what can we really say i I don't know. The kid was really good, though. I, I got to say, he, he, he was fantastic. He, showed, he was really good. And we have a few comments here. I want to highlight them. Pavlidis needs a two-striker formation against, like against Honduras. Sure, maybe he does. But at that point, who are you going to drop? It's it's difficult because uh, Bacasetas needs to play. We know that. So you play Pavlidis in two-striker formation. What you're gonna play, uh, Bacasetas on the wing like they did with Ike, trying to put in Mantalos in the past back in the day. I really don't know what you're gonna do there. Um, that's a See, difficult one, yeah. For me, it wasn't so much that 
Pavlidis, like it's it wasn't necessarily the formation, it's who's supporting him. So Yanulis is naturally a wing back, so he wasn't really gonna tuck in and play off of Pavlidis that the way you'd see like Dolis do it or a more natural left winger, like the way we saw Masuras doing it all night. Um for me it was kind of like when we did get the ball up there, if Pavlidis wins the ball, who's who's the outlet? It should be Bacasetas, but yeah. he's never there when you need him. Yeah, because, Bacasetas, we can go on for days. It's just oh, he's not great. Uh, for me, that's the biggest thing that was hurting Pavlidis' game. Listen, uh, I, and I want to get to this. So we have a comment from uh, Stamati. He says, Masuras misses too many chances. Nico says, Masura should be sent to the Indian League. Guys, I just want to say something. Out of Greek wingers, who 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 even gets chances? Like, let's be real honest right here. Masuras is the best Greek winger, and I'm, I'm I don't want to break the bad news to you guys, but who Zolis is not better than Masuras? Look at the statistics in the Super League, guys. Masuras has scored in Europe. Masuras has given big assists in Europe. He's done it consistently. He's, he's one of the best wingers in the Super League. You can. Make fun of Masuras for missing good chances, but Masuras makes the chances. Limnios doesn't make chances. Zolis doesn't make chances. Who else is going to make best chances? Masuras was indeed our best player, Vasily. You were right. When he was playing that striker position, he was playing it better than Pavlidis. You guys can make fun of Masuras all you want, but the fact of the matter is Yogos Masuras is the best winger that Greece has right now. And... Although he misses chances and his composure isn't the best, he makes chances. He reminds me a bit, maybe this is a bit strange, of Edison Cavani. Like, the positioning is so good, but sometimes the finishing with the feet isn't the best. But the problem is with these other Greek wingers, Limnios doesn't get the chance to make a shot because he doesn't have good enough positioning. He just clearly doesn't. So, of course, Masuras, uh, Ari says here, Masuras' decision-making is frustrating at times, but his movement makes up for it. Exactly. Masuras is frustrating, but we don't have anything better, guys. We're not a rich country at the moment with wing talent. I hear a comment here that says, Rusai, question mark. Rusai went down with that bad injury in the middle of the season. Didn't look the same coming back for Olympiacos. We're going to give him pre-game, pre preseason and see what he's got. But... Again, guys, and, and another comment, uh, Nico Sadzan, we want Fetfatsidis back. Uh, Fetfatsidis, again, didn't create chances. He didn't score goals, guys. Masura scores goals. We need to, to just take a step back and realize, okay, Masuras misses chances, but Masuras gets chances. Greece doesn't make chances, guys. And we just need a little bit more from him to convert those chances. I understand the frustration because he, he frustrates me too. But like, I have the ability to have hindsight. Like Daniel Podense is not walking through the door for the Greek national team. So what we need to realize is we got to work with what we got. And Masuras is one of the first names in the team sheet for the Greek national team for me. I'm sorry. Um, was, I don't know what you think, but that, that's just for I, me because he creates the goddamn chances because that's all yep. we need. And the set pieces today, guys, that goal was because of a beautiful set piece by Yorgos Masura. So a little bit of respect for this guy because it's it's needed right now because we have nothing better. I'm sorry. Yeah, he didn't put the ball in the back of the net, but he did everything else very well tonight. And he was good hold-up play, good link-up play. He was inviting. 
whoever was playing center defensive mid in the second half. It was like Zeka into the play. He was bringing Andrutsos up and Saliakas. He had good hold up play, good movement. And then he had the, I mean, he didn't put the end up putting the ball in the net, but he created a bunch of corners. And then he had that one very nice take off of a ball over the top from Buhalakis. I think relatively early in the second half where he like it came over his head and he made a good run in the first place and then hammered it low and hard near post on a half volley where Mignolet had to make a very nice save and we ended up getting a corner out of it. I thought he was fantastic tonight. Like considering the player he is, he's not, I mean, he may play like Cavani, but he's obviously not as talented as Cavani. Like for what we've seen in the past where he should have played that easy ball out of El Arabi in the, Europe, I was in Europa League and he skies a shot when he should have passed it. Like, we've seen far worse performances out of Masuras. I thought he was great tonight. I like if we can get that out of Masuras every time, then he's the least of our worries. And I, I understand with you guys who are complaining about Masuras, like, Masuras has not always been one of my favorite footballers, but but the idea is Masuras compared to our talent level, it's not the talent level of of Olympiacos where we can pay, pay seven, eight million euros to get a winger. I if you guys were listening at the top of the show, uh George Kevin and Kudu, Gazal, whatever, any of these guys, right? Like that winger those wingers are the best, better than any winger we have for our national team at the moment, if we're being real honest. And we're gonna have to live with it. And another point here by uh Costa, he never stops running one hundred percent. And Stamati says we need to win against Norway. I don't know if we need to win against Norway, but we, we're going to need to win in September, guys. We need two wins out of two if we have any hope of qualifying from this group for the for the World Cup. And going forward, I don't know what this game did really for me. To It was a good result, of course. I don't want to talk badly of the team. I thought they did fine. But there are systematic problems with this team that will not be addressed and have not been addressed. I I don't know what you thought tonight of Tzavellas and Kiriakos Papadopoulos, but these are two mediocre footballers for me, players who will not take you to the next level. And if we're looking to make a World Cup, we're, we're a national team of 11 million people. We're not a huge footballing nation we need the best players and at central defense we have a relegation level center back from Croatia and a mid-level mid mid-table center back from Turkey i know they just didn't do it for me guys we i i i, I don't know it's just frustrating for me to take anything from these games because i know come september what is it it's just going to be it's going to be another draw or it's going to be a slug 1-0 and it's just not going to do much for my confidence. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the problem we've seen from these friendlies. We've seen interesting things. We've seen JVS tinker with the lineups, with the formations, with the system. But every time it gets to a competitive match, we see him revert back to the things that we know are wrong with the ethnic E. So, like, when I'm watching these games, I'm thinking, when I see a player playing, I think, is this guy doing what it takes to earn that spot? Is there someone else that has a different option that if he were on the field would probably perform better? So Pavlidis, you could argue Yakumakis. 
Uh, Yanulis, it was he was uncomfortable. It wasn't his natural position. We have Jolis, but it was. I like to see the experiment. Simikas, for me, I think is the best. But that young winger, whew, hopefully Simikas is getting minutes next year and gets back into playing form. Savelas and Papadopoulos, it's it was pretty ironic for me that the goal came off of Papadopoulos on a diving header off the post for Tavelas to finish on an open net. Because when I watch these two guys play, I think, okay, how would he, how would we look if Manolao was on the field, if Socrates was on the field, if Siovas was on the field? And time and time again, these guys do things that make me go, why are they on the field? Why are they starting? They, they, they shouldn't be there. But time and time again, Papadopoulos, he's super athletic he's super physical but the problem is i think he was always physically gifted and so he didn't have to kind of learn the fundamentals and learn how to defend efficiently because he always had the athleticism to recover and then when he finally made it to the big stage and these like on the adult professional level it the game kind of blew him by and he no longer was this young guy with tons of athleticism that if he could just learn the fundamentals he'll get he'll put it together and he'll be a world-class center back like we were all praying that he would be it, the reality is what lambra said he's he's a defender on a relegation side in croatia that that's that's what you're going to get he, time and time again in this game that was one of the things i noticed time and time again he would go to ground way too easily like there were times where andrutos is recovering back and i was it Thorgan Hazard, or maybe it was Shadley, whoever's on the left ended up on the left wing is like 15 feet away from him and like 10 feet wide of the penalties of the box. And the guy's getting ready to whip in across, and Papadopoulos is already going to ground. Why? Why? You have at least a second, second and a half to react to whatever ball, and it would be much more important for you to then recover because your odds are you're not going to block that cross, even if you lunge ahead of time because he's so far out he's going to put in a probably a high ball into the box it's just this kind of game sense that you'd think by now he would have picked up but he just hasn't gotten it and then there was another time where i think was it on the goal no it was another opportunity where papadopoulos was he ended up being the guy on a cross and i think the ball went out wide to whoever was playing left wing i think it was carrasco like off a cross from Mounier going up the opposite flank. And at, by the time Carrasco was pivoting to wind up, he had zero shooting angle. And whatever angle he did have, Odysseus was there and ready because it was a slow cross that kind of trickled all the way out to the, far, to the opposite wing. And what does Papadopoulos do here? Instead of saying, okay, the angle's covered, I need to keep my ground and make sure the ball doesn't come back in the other way because if he, this guy tries to shoot, He's facing away from goal, so it's a long way to pivot. So he's not going to have a lot of uh, momentum carried behind the shot. And the angle's horrible. And Odysseus has had plenty of time to get to the near post. But what does he do instead? He's already going to ground. And then what happens? The ball ends up being crossed right back into the middle of the danger area. And it I think it was either a, a last-ditch save or I don't think that was the goal. But like it was an opportunity that Belgium should have scored on. And it was just like schoolboy errors. Like I couldn't believe that he was going down there. It was like a, it was like watching a little kid play FIFA for the first time, and you teach him what slide tackle is, that it's the X button or square on PlayStation, and he's like, oh, every time I'm on defense, just mash it, mash it. 
and it, it oh, dro drove me nuts. Yeah, mate. Uh, honestly, and I'm, I'm seeing comments here from Costas. I thought the center backs were solid. They need to work on distribution. I would say play one of them. Uh, not both at the same time. Pedro says, Javela scored, kind of uh, laughing emoji type thing. Guys, so the the thing is, like, a 1-1 tonight with Belgium was a great result, and I thought the team played fine. But my biggest problem going into um, in September is just the structural problems that this team has and the reverting to negative habits that this team holds and that we saw perfectly shown against Georgia like are any of any of you considering considering that not happening in September with Kosovo I, I I'm sure we played hard tonight but it's also a June friendly with uh, a Belgium team that's just trying to I don't know get some minutes to their their eyes are on the Euro. They're their second and third team players as they get ready for the European Championships. So this is really the difficult point, guys, is like how much can we take from tonight's game? I personally don't think that much. And the problems with the center backs who you guys thought played fine, which sure they played fine, is just structurally they have bad habits that will show up and that will hurt us. Kiriakos Papadopoulos, I'm sorry guys, has gone through how many knee surgeries. This guy is not good enough when you have Mavropanos on the bench. I'm not even going to talk about the guys who aren't there, but Mavropanos should, should have played tonight, guys. And I hope he plays against someone mentioned, I think it's Norway on Sunday. Um, hopefully we get to see him play. Um, it, it's... It's difficult because, like, the the anticipation is going to start building again, right? We're going to get maybe a decent result against Norway, and people are going to get excited. But we're going to go into these games against Sweden and Kosovo, and uh, it, it's going to be make or break for this team. I, I personally already think that the coach should have gone after Georgia, but that's my opinion. And you guys may see that from the way I'm speaking about the team right now, but... Uh, overall, I, I, I want to say there were some elements that, that brought me some joy. Like, again, I said, Yogos Masuras, oh Yogos, oh Masuras, as he's well known for, uh, being called. Um, and, and, and seeing Chimikas play football felt good. Vlachodimos is top, top goalkeeper. And... To be honest, I know some of you are negative on Bukhalakis, but I thought he was fine. Galanopoulos was fine tonight. Belka seemed decent. He's not really the footballer for me. He doesn't do much for me. I was really happy. To be honest, guys, I have not seen Leonardo Kutris play in over a year since he, he left Olympiacos for Spain. So it was a joy to see him on the pitch. You know, like one of my favorite players, you know, a lot, a lot of you guys who listen to the podcast know I'm I'm a huge fan. So... There was some nice things. This is a June friendly. Some of our play I, I shouldn't criticize some of the players so much. Like Yogos Masuras, Bukhalakis have come off a long season, guys. Like this pandemic season has been really long. Condensed schedules. They're playing in Europe, the Cup, domestically, internationally, traveling. It's been difficult for them. So 
okay, I'm going to give them some slack. Like, we're going to play these friendly games. I'm not going to take much of them. Um, yeah, I, I think that's really about it I have to say about the game. Demo, do you have anything to say, really? I mean, it, like, scoreline, okay, great, we drew, but... Yeah, it, it, it's, it's a bit a, like the Spain game, you draw, and then everyone's... Yeah, but it, the, dif the difference is, in the Spain game, that result matters. The draw matters. For me, whenever I'm watching friendlies, I almost completely disregard the, the scoreboard. For me, it's about what what happens in the game. How are we playing? Not whether or not we're winning. Like, if we, if we went up 1-0 in this game and we decide to park the bus, I would have been very irritated because it's a friendly. Nothing, it's completely inconsequential if we lose the game. We don't need to learn how to park the bus as a unit. That's not going to help us going forward. Well, maybe it is considering how bad we've been that maybe we'll need to learn. But we should be kind of continuing to build chemistry with these players and showing good movement. And so, and tinkering with the lineup. And we've seen, we saw that tonight, and we've seen it in other friendlies. Like, I, one guy that kind of also stood up to me, Alanopoulos, I thought he was so good in how he received, whenever he received the ball, he was, A, he was all over the pitch, which was great to see. But B, whenever he received the ball in a pressure situation, unlike a lot of our midfielders, he was very good in saying, you know what, the pressure's over here. Okay, where's our team? Well, who's open? He had that midfielder instinct to kind of just pivot on the ball, turn, look, and play a huge switch out to Yanulis or Timikas. Or play a long ball to Pavlidis in the space. Or free Masuras on a run. It happened a lot of times, and it was just such a joy to watch because – Time and time again, we've seen this team kind of buckle under the pressure when we're trying to move the ball out and then Bacasetas receives the ball and will just immediately play a back pass that puts Papadopoulos under pressure, Tavelas under pressure, uh, Andruzos under pressure. And it, it he almost eggs on the opposition to come and pressure us. But Galanopoulos is doing the opposite of that, and that's exactly what we need Like in games like these and especially against superior opposition so i mean that, that yeah there's it was just good to watch and that's kind of stuff it was the the way we were playing and the way players moved and the way players interacted that's what i take away from these games not one one uh, possession stats shot stat that stuff's kind of secondary for me yeah and uh Corsa says here that he doesn't think you can compare the Spain game with Belgium game because in the Spain game, we only had one shot and there was a gift of a penalty. Like it's yep. true. It's true. It's, it's fair. Of course that's, and you go on to say here, you wouldn't be surprised versus Sweden if it's like the Spain game, to be honest. Also guys like Spain is a super, super unique opponent in how they play football as well. Like, I think we have to say that like, it's very unlikely you're in a play opponent where you, touch the ball for like 15% of the game, 15% possession, right? And with that, guys, I really think we're just going to get into man of the match and coach's grade because if you have anything else you want us to talk about, it's kind of a short episode. Not much is going on. We just wanted to, to get amongst it, talk with you guys. It's been a while. So if you have anything you want us to talk about, drop a comment, transfer rumors, Olympiacos, or the the game tonight go into it but first do you have a man of the match and coach's grade for tonight's game demo um for me man of the match was masuras 
Yeah. I mean, I like the way Panopoulos played. I liked what I saw from Andruzos. But for me, the guy that was, A, working the hardest, and B, making the most impact and doing the most things was Masuras. Time and time again, he, he literally carried the team into the final third, and he created corners. He created set pieces. He played the set piece that ended up creating the goal. Like, for me, it was... It's it's not even a judgment call. Masuda was the man of the match. Um, and then coaches grade. It's such a hard thing to do with friendlies. Like yeah. in the Spain game, it's a result. It's a competitive game. We saw this. We can give them a grade. But in this, it's, I mean, B for tinkering and changing things up. F for Pacasetas, Tavelas, Papadopoulos. But the real thing is the grade here doesn't matter. It's like a, in school, it's like a, a, a quiz that they don't actually grade. It's like a pretest. It's the pre-SATs. It doesn't really matter. It just, they, if you give them a score, it doesn't really matter. All that matters is what do you take from this game and carry it with you into actual competitive matches. And time and time again, we've seen him tinker and show positives and sh- show negatives over and over like every time we see Bacasetas on the field for me it's a negative although he had one nice through ball to Masuras to release him I'll give him that he had a nice through ball but that was the one time he looked forward to play a pass every other time he would go backwards but if he doesn't take the good into the next game and make an effort to get rid of the bad then it doesn't what he does in this game means nothing and what he does in the other friendlies means nothing. It, what matters is the competitive games. What's he doing in the competitive games? That's where the coach's grade matters. So he gets a check, check minus. Like they had in elementary school where the grades don't matter. It's did you play with your Play-Doh? Check yeah. one. I'm going to give a B and I'm going to give Masuras man of the match. And I'm seeing a lot of people very excited about the result tonight on uh, social media. I'm just going to give a heads up like it's like i'm so i'm so uh negative on this team and all the things that we've been burnt on in the past with this team so it's just i struggle i also feel like some of some of these younger guys deserve a chance to play Papadopoulos and Zavellas are a known commodity. Is there really a reason for them to play tonight? Um, maybe I'm nitpicking. We got a good result against against Belgium. We didn't lose massively. Uh, that's it. And, and we have a comment here from Vasilis who says, I hope Zavellas and Kiriakos play and Holland plays for Norway. Just have a good laugh. This is the problem, guys. <laughs> this is where you get exposed on international break, Vasilis. This is a really good point. Um, and, and to be honest, I think Lukaku showed a, <laughs> in just like a 45-minute run around, he kind of just bullied them a bit as well and just was having a laugh. But when the games get competitive and when you have to play a world-class striker, we may run into Zlatan Ibrahimovic in September, or even Marcus Berg, the world-class strike. And that's a joke. Anyway, um, <laughs> it'll it'll be interesting to see what happens. And with that, guys, there's not really much more to talk about. Uh, I guess transfer rumors. What what can I say? Hugo Kuypers is supposedly out the door. We knew that. 
being sold back to Belgium for around a million euros. That story's coming through my screen right now. So I, I wanted to say that. Um, I'm really going to try to keep my eyes out for these transfer things because even for 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 Greek speakers, these things are really complicated. The, the names come every single day and they come fast, sifting through what is true and what is fake, what's BS and what is real. It's quite difficult, and I'm trying my best to to give you guys the real names. And I I I really hit that Tequino is a real name when in my blog before he came. And I'm gonna do this again for Allison and Day O of the Turkish club Karamiruk. If you guys haven't looked into him, take a look. And until then, we're gonna be back Sunday night. Um, talking about Sunday night, Sunday, 9.30 Central European time. I think that's around 3.30 Eastern time. 10.30, of course, Greek time uh, to talk about the game against Norway. It is until then. All of you guys have a nice weekend. All of you younger kids, I know you guys listen to the podcast, college kids. Good luck with your exams. Push through the end. If you're starting your summer break, enjoy your summer break. Even the young professionals, who listen to this podcast, I know this is also a busy period. So push through it, guys. The European Championships start next week. My little home country at the moment here, Switzerland, is taking on Italy. Rooting for the Italians. Enjoy that as well. We may get into that next week. You got a pick well. for that? Do I have a what ticket? A pick. A pick? Yeah, who do you, who do you have? Who's oh, winning? this is so bad, but... I have a long shot in Turkey. I think they have a really nice team. Um, but other they, than they, that, their squad's great, and they've had some good results. But it seems like any time they face any kind of adversity, they it collapse. They completely capitulate. I, I, I'm just gonna be excited to see them play. To be honest, because I've enjoyed and and the striker Yilmaz is in great form. Uh, but other than that, I. Honestly, it's tough. It's tough to say. Um, a lot of my friends are Italian, so I'll be rooting for Italy throughout. And of course, uh, yeah, Portugal as well as a nice team, I think. Fernando Santos' teams I always try to support. They're, they're my dark horse because yeah. ugly football works in national tournaments. And of course, the French have a fantastic team. So we'll they're see. They're my pick. Yeah. How, how, how can you? It, it's the team that won the World Cup. And they dominated Croatia, yeah. and now they've added Benzema. They've upgraded. Yeah, I we're gonna have to wait and see. I'm just interested. I'm excited to go out to the bar here after work and watch some international football. Happy to have the European Championships this summer and enjoy it. And with that, guys, we'll be seeing you next time. Make sure to enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend for those listening tomorrow on Friday morning. And we'll see you guys next time. Ciao. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. 
Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Στο μυαλό κάτι μαγικό.